Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another killer episode of GLE. Got an awesome guest today. She's a love and manifestation acceleration coach, which I'm really curious to talk to and excited to have on the show today because I want to learn more about manifestation and and uh, it's a topic I've been really curious about. So excited to learn from her. She helps high achieving professional independent women discover more self-love and move into their zone of excellence in all areas of their life. So I'm thrilled to have Desiree Cruz. You can find her at D-E-S-E-R or excuse me, D-E-S. E E R E C R U Z dot com, Desiree Cruz dot com on Instagram at Desiree M Cruz and Facebook Desiree Cruz. Desiree, welcome to GLE. Thank you for having me. Great having you on. So I had your boyfriend, Josh, boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So partner, I had- boyfriend. He's not a boy, so I just usually call him my partner. Man friend. <laughs> you have a man friend? Um, a man friend. Josh was on the show, had a really great conversation with him, and he told me about all the cool things you're doing. And I was just really excited to talk to someone who's in the manifestation because it's something that has been such an interesting topic. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on. want to learn more about it. But first, why don't you give us just a little bit of background on how you got into it and, and what brought you to this manifestation journey that you're on today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now, I like I have a great partner that I do business with. Um, We do life together. Um, I'm super happy. We have a very conscious relationship. It's not always peaceful, but that's, (laughs) that's actually doing the work, right? It's, you know, if it's always just peaceful, then maybe there's not enough intimacy or um, you're not actually showing yourself fully because it's like in partnership, you get to to work all of those things out. Um, I have two beautiful little boys. They love baseball. I get to spend a lot of time with them. Um, I get to do what I love every single day and make my own schedule. And I, you know, I love empowering, not just women, but actually I have male clients as well and helping them live the life of their dreams and helping them uncover those blocks and things that they learned when they were younger or even through family systems that prevent them from having what they want right now. And, you know, it wasn't always like that. It was, you know, I actually worked corporate for a long time. I worked for several Fortune 500 companies. Um, I worked in sales and training and marketing, um, did the nine to five, did the business consulting, um, went to college, got married, got the house, had the kids, and in the process, completely lost myself. I didn't even know who I was or what I was doing. I was trying to be the good wife. I tried the stay-at-home mom thing. That didn't work for me. I was more of a work-from-home mom. So, of course, I'm starting businesses and getting certifications and coaching even back then. And um, at one point, my ex-husband we were starting a business or he was starting his, his business and he was traveling all the time. 
and I was lonely. We had just sold our house. So I was living in like the upstairs apartment of our, um, our in-laws and, you know, which was great because he was gone all the time. And I had a six month old and, or sorry, a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the time. Wow. And he's on the road. So the parent, you know, the in-laws were great. They're amazing people. I in-laws have no are huge. About yeah. Like, but <laughs> mine were, I mean, some people don't like their in-laws. I love my in-laws even okay. to this day. They're amazing. Good. And, um, but I was just miserable. I was lonely and I was miserable. So I'm sitting there in the dark, watching Netflix, surfing on Facebook, working on my second bottle of wine for the night. Cause I'd put the kids down and I was like, so miserable. So I just didn't even, I was lonely, disconnected from my ex-husband. You know, we'd been going through counseling. It wasn't working. And I found this, um, this event about intimacy and connection. And so I went to the event and at the event, it was a really like, they put me up on the hot seat and asked me questions about my life and like kind of did some spot coaching for me. And at the end of the event, one of the women turned around to me and said, you know, you can have anything you want. You just have to ask for it. And I like just melted into tears because at that point I felt like there was no way that I could have anything that I wanted. I was just miserable and I didn't know how to ask for it. And I think that was a big part of the disconnect with my ex. And so, you know, fast forward a couple months and she offered for me to become a coach like she was in this type of organization. And the, the first coaching certification that I got in this particular, I have a health coaching certification and I'm a doula as well, but mm -hmm. I got this particular one in desire-based coaching teaching a lot of like fundamentals. And it was actually in that program that I was able to get back in touch with my desire, back in touch of who I am and what I wanted to do with my life and realize that I was just following the flow of what everybody else told me I should do instead of mm -hmm. what I really wanted to do and what made me happy. Yeah. Um, I was able to shift from this place of like my children, you know, my ex-husband just cut me to the core at one point and he didn't even do it intentionally. He was like, your children are not a job or an obligation. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I didn't believe that, but that's how I was showing up mm -hmm. because I was so stressed and so disconnected. And so wow. now, you know, I get to live this beautiful like joy with them and play with them and be in their world and, and talk to them and grow them. And part of my why of doing this was so that they learned the communication skills mm -hmm. and the ability to connect intimately and vulnerably with people in the world. So they don't have to wear the masks that mm -hmm. I did. So they can yeah. actually show up and fully do what they want to do. And they don't have to go through all like 20, 30 years of that, you know? Right. So I love that. I, I love your, your comment about wearing different masks. When, when I got married, I actually married my wife who I work with in, in my corporate career. And that wasn't something I was looking for. And I'll never forget when we got to know each other outside of work, she made this comment to me one time that you're not like anything I would have expected you to be. And it, and I, it was like the first time in my life, I felt like a fake or a fraud or, or like, wow, you know, I, I have this like corporate persona that's different than like the real me maybe and that I thought that was just so interesting of her and it really kind of it was like a wake-up call for me like I need to get my head and my heart in alignment with my purpose in the world and what I want to do and you know really make sure that that I'm genuine and I'm real and you know it sounds like you went through something similar and and would you agree 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because now I coach people on exactly that is actually how to be your authentic self all of the time. And, you know, we're programmed to be people pleasers. We're programmed to be like, yes, people and go with the flow. And um, when we are in our corporate jobs, we often believe that by being quiet, being good. Like I remember the mantra, not the mantra, but the things that my, my grandfather would say is children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. You know, you don't say anything nice and, or don't say anything unless you have something nice to say, basically, you yeah. know, all of these things. And that's BS <laughs> because the thing that you need to say often might be the thing that everyone in the room needs to hear so that we can have massive change sure. so that things can be better. Um, children should be seen and not heard. Children have such sight. Yes, there's a time and place for them to be quiet and teaching them like, you know, don't interrupt or, you know, this kind of thing, but they have such sight. They shouldn't mm -hmm. be silenced. Right. And, um, and so working with people to help them remove those masks and be their authentic self in alignment, trusting their intuition at all times. Mm -hmm. And there's this fear that if we are our authentic self, then we will be rejected that right. we won't, we'll get fired. We'll get like, you know, the person that we're dating won't like us, but here's the thing. If we don't show up that way, the person that you're dating will never like you because you never gave them the opportunity to see who you are. Right. And then you're going to spend the rest of your life perpetuating this lie that you're trying to be. And it's exhausting. I had a client this, this week and she said, I cannot believe how freeing honesty actually is. And she's not a deceitful person. She's a very sweet person. Um, she actually has a PhD in psychotherapy. Like this right. is what she does for a living. And she's <laughs> like, I've just been people pleasing all the time. I just don't speak my truth. And then I end up like trying to fit myself into that lie over and over again. Mm -hmm. She's like, now I just show up and then people show up differently, you know, in, in reflection of me. Right. And it's so freeing. I love your comment about giving people the opportunity to see who you really are. And when, when I was dating, this is something I advise anybody. If you're in a relationship or if you're getting ready for marriage or something like that, you need to have with your partner, what I would call the talk. And for me and my wife, this was actually like one of the hardest points in our relationship. And I, you know, I brought it up at a really bad time, actually, <laughs> In hindsight, it was like a few days, or actually it might've been on her birthday. Somehow, somehow we ended up having this talk like at a terrible time, but you just open up. And, and what we did is we basically shared everything about ourselves that could possibly come up at any point in the future and cause a fight or a problem or jealousy or anger or anything. You just poured our hearts out our deepest darkest secrets stuff right we had shared all our finances and all that stuff that can be a, a stumbling block too but so many people they carry these things around and and like you said what what will happen is they'll end up coming you know secrets always find you out those, those little lies always find you out and and you know when you're not being your true self eventually people are going to see it in ways and you can only hide it for so long i think but I, I encourage people to do that because that's just one of the most valuable things to just air it out and let the person really see who you are. And if you still are willing to love each other and go all in and, and give yourselves to each other after all that, then you're probably right for each other. And you're probably willing to 
to make it through everything. Mm. Have you ever heard of that or would you encourage that or um I have mixed I, I, I want to hear your com- <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on manifestation because yeah well you know, I have I have mixed feelings about that because sometimes when you share I mean sometimes when you share everything about your past people start to become in relationship with your past rather than who you are in the present because mm-hmm. our past got us here mm-hmm. our mess became our message and mm-hmm. it got us here but the person that made those choices that might have had the deep dark secrets in the past that made those those choices to learn those lessons because i don't mm-hmm. say that they're mistakes or, or even failures they're lessons mm-hmm. the person that the, the made that learned those lessons learned them and is a little different today than they were even yesterday okay. and so sometimes when you do that. And I, yeah, like there's these big things like bankruptcy and affairs and all of these things. Like, yeah, if it's going to come out later on and it's going to affect them, then definitely, you know, you want to share these things with that, that person. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you that like, if they can handle it, then they're a right fit for you. And then you can go forward. Yeah. And also um, you want to be in relationship with the person's present mm-hmm. and even future. Sure. Um, because your past creates anxiety mm-hmm. and worry and guilt and shame. Cause you can't control and, it. It's yeah. Done. Cause you can't control it. It's done and it's been there and like, this is who I am right now. So it depends right. on the, the type of person that you're sharing that with as well. Yeah. Um, I do though also think that you need to have a conversation. So my talk is actually around my sovereign standards and my values and forms that they take. So sovereign standards being the things that I stand for in my life that I will accept and they're clearly communicated and I control them versus an expectation, which is not communicated. It's expected for you to do something in order to make me happy. And it doesn't set either of you up for success versus a standard is something that's like, Hey, I, you know, I stand for financial stability in my life. And if I, if you're not doing that, like I have the ability to handle myself. And you can right. go do your other thing, you know, but it's, it's my, it's my responsibility, right? right? It's a woman's responsibility and a man's responsibility that if you're in a relationship that's not serving you, that doesn't work, it's up to you to walk away. Mm-hmm. You can't expect that other person to walk away and right. be mad at them because they don't, you right. know? So, so I, like I talk about standards and then the values and forms, like what are your values and what form does it take? I do the same exercise with love languages. How do you like to be loved and what form does it take? Because I could say that my love language is physical touch and physical touch might mean something different mm-hmm. than it does to you. So sure. then you're trying to love me in my love language or you're trying to, you know, be in alignment with my values, but are the forms that they take are different. I think that's really important. When we're What's an example about. of a value that you might have in, in a form just so... So one of my standards and values is actually family. I'm a huge family person, huge in tribe. But Mm -hmm. for me, family means my boys and then the the family that I create, my tribe around me. It doesn't necessarily have to be blood, but community is very important. Being able to be um, social and interactive with community, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having quality time with them that is outside of work or, you know, even outside of sports, it's just being able to spend time with them and to rely on them. Mm -hmm. And family for some people might mean um, that they go and see their mom twice a week or they, you know, spend, you know, week long vacations with their family. That's not necessarily the form that a family value takes for me. So it's not only like, what is the value, but how do you exemplify that value in your life? 
Right. Is that what you mean by form? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I like, like that a lot. Form, you know, form from my, one of my best girlfriends means that she's got six kids. I have right. two. That's not, <laughs> we well, both I value think, family, but I value the two. <laughs> I'm this, like, is a, <laughs> this is a huge one because our actions follow our beliefs, right? And so like, you know, many people say they are things. We could talk faith because you know I'm a man of faith and, and I know you have a, an interesting background with regards to your faith. So faith without works is dead, like the book of James says, right? So, you know, if, if you are a Christian, you will do certain things that Christians do, right? It's like an apple tree. Hey, here's an apple tree. What does an apple tree do? Well, it produces apples. And if I'm not making apples, probably not an apple tree. You know, and, and so it's, you know, it's kind of like today, there's lots of people that call themselves Christians, for example, that don't live like Christians. And, you know, we as Christians would believe we're all sinners and, and we all make mistakes and we're not perfect. That's why we're Christians and, and need Jesus because he died for us. But, you know, there are things that Christians are supposed to do. And when we're outside of those things, it's a, it's a point of acknowledgement, those lessons, right? We learn, we repent, we turn and we start living differently. We don't just keep doing those things we know we shouldn't be doing. Otherwise our beliefs off, our faiths off. Right. So I, I really like how you said the, the values, not only the value, but like, how is that value formed in your life? Cause I, to me, that's like the action piece. It's like, we, we should see the values. If you say you live by these values, we should see that in your right. life. Don't you think? Right. Well, it's, it's, so going back to like, your thoughts form your beliefs and your beliefs form your actions and, and your reality. So your thoughts form your beliefs, your beliefs form your reality. So if you are, if you have faith and that is your thought process and it forms into your belief system, then it becomes your reality if you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in alignment with it, then you're going to have some lessons sure. <laughs> on how you can get bored into alignment. And this is a great, you know, you said you want to talk about manifestation. Yeah. So one of my worksheets, one of the things that I give out for free is actually a, a massive action worksheet, which because manifestation takes massive action. And I, I really think that that's a key place that a lot of people miss is that you, whatever you want, whatever you desire, um, and this is where faith comes in is good, right. And true and divinely given. Your desires, your intuition is divinely given. So where we often fall into sin or out of alignment is when we start to question and we think that we know better than our higher power. So if we have a desire for more money and we want to go out and get it, mm -hmm. then, and we start to question our human, not our soul, not our divine spirit. That's like channeled through us, like that lives through us. Um, but our, and this is my belief system is that we all have the divine living through us. Um, but we start to question that divinity and we say, oh no, money's wrong. Money's bad. I can't have money. Money's like not available. We actually are saying to our higher power, you don't know, you know, the audacity of the human to say, you don't know. But if we're a clear channel to our desire and we say like, this is what I want, and, and, you know, there's caveats to that. Like, you know, something that you want, you can't manifest a bad thing for someone else. You can't manifest someone else, like breaking up with a guy that you like, mm -hmm. you can't manifest, um, 
you know, a job that somebody else has to lose their job in order to get it. And unless of course that person gets promoted into a, a better situation, manifestation has to be a win, win, win for everyone. Right. It actually has to have a good intention behind it as well. What do you, how um, do you define manifestation before we go any deeper? I'm, I'm curious, like what I is mean, manifestation to you? So manifestation to me is like the thing, like I, you say that you want something and it comes to you and you receive it. Um, it's like saying, I really want to go on vacation with my kids. And so I'm going to manifest a vacation for my, with my kids, but mm-hmm. the massive action part says, okay, I want to go on vacation for my kids. So now I have to know what I want. I have to make room in my schedule. I have to focus on the, the finances to be able to get it. And then when the, all of that falls into place and it comes and then I receive it. Hmm. And a lot of people don't do the receiving part. They work right. and they work and they work and then it comes and they like, it's right there. And then we go, ah, it doesn't look exactly like I thought that it was going to. So I don't sure. want that. So, and then the universe is like, I keep giving you the thing that you want and you don't take it. Wait, it's like that. It's like that, uh, that joke about the, the guy who's drowning in the ocean and he's praying to God to save him. And the boat comes by and, and, right. uh, he's like, no, no, thanks. I don't need you to pick me up. God will save me. Mm-hmm. And three, two other boats come by and do the same thing. And he gets up to heaven and He's at the gate and God's like, what are you doing, man? He's like, well, I was praying and you didn't save me. He's like, I sent you three boats, you dummy. Right. Right. Like, I, I so mean, it's that interesting. with my clients all the time, because people are like, they'll come to me and, or somebody will come to me and they'll like want coaching. They'll say, oh, this is a specific thing. And I'll say, okay, this is what it takes to, to change that, to move the, to turn the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. And they get all the way to the end and then they'll say, oh, but I don't know if it's right time or money or like, you know, most of the time it's like a hell yes. And then it's kind of a money. <laughs> and it's the same question, which is when was the last time you asked for help? Help came and you said, no, I don't, I can't afford it. And it happens to us all the time. And when you can start to see the pattern, then you can start to say, okay, I need to stop doing that. Like I can mm-hmm. either stay in this pattern and keep telling myself no, or I can do something about it and actually make the change. People are, we're so sh- can't or we can be so short-sighted because if right. people think in terms of cost that, but that what does it just, cost you to keep doing the thing that you're doing right what's the opportunity <laughs> cost like what you, you're giving up future earnings like it's like oh man that's going to cost me like i know people that have spent into the six figures for just a year of like private personal coaching and people think that's crazy but you know, we won't hesitate to spend a couple hundred grand on four years of, of university to get out and you know maybe have a six figure job someday or whatever. But you know, they'll question somebody who's going to spend six figures on a personal coach who's going to help them take a, a six figure business they already have to seven or eight or nine figures, right? Like <laughs> it's just it blows my mind that we're so short sighted in our thinking, but going back to manifestation and the definition, cause this, like, I've never looked up the definition of manifest. Maybe we should. Well, I did <laughs> before the show. Cause I was thinking about it and I was like, what does manifestation mean? Cause I, I get what you say. Like I get your definition and I, I think I understand what people mean by it, but like the way I've heard it, like in Christian circles is like when the word Jesus became flesh was made manifest and came down and dwelt among us. So like, I've, I've always thought of it kind of as like some funky, like made flesh, but I looked it up. So as an adjective, it means clear or obvious to the eye or mind. 
which I thought was interesting. And then verb means to display or show a quality or feeling by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate. Um, it also can mean, I think that's it, but um, which is anyway, I didn't, I didn't know that's what it meant. That. But like, yeah, it's exactly what you that, described. Like, all of those things are exactly, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't know the definition either, but, um, and I, I think that your, your definition is very interesting because that is the, that is what manifestation to me also is, is when your thoughts, your dreams, your desires become the reality, mm-hmm. they become, they, they appear in front of you. Right. Um, and part of that is actually acting as if mm-hmm. is you know, if you want the money or you want the relationship, then you have to act as if you already have it and deserve it. Isn't that like, being fake? Uh, no, because so fake would be, um, I'm going to pretend like I do. Fake would not, fake would not be believing that you actually deserve it. Fake would not have been, fake would be not doing the work to be able to do so. Fake would be like, if it was a job, it would be, um, I'm the CEO of the company, but you didn't work through the ranks, right. you know? Um, but you could say like, I want to be the CEO of the company. And so I'm going to take the steps to get there. Fake, sure. you know, or in a relationship would be like, oh, I have this amazing relationship, but it's like super abusive. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, are you actually believing that you have you know is your subconscious in alignment with it like are you actually believing that you have an amazing relationship and um are the negative parts of it because you're dwelling on the parts that you don't feel like you deserve and so you're self-sabotaging or are you actually um you know lying to yourself how do you you lie to yourself what would you tell somebody so fake it till you make it actually when I started putting out content I think that may be one of the first if not the first video I put out was on the concept of faking it till you make it and I didn't mean actually being fake I meant kind of what you're describing in a way but when you're struggling with feeling fake or you know you you think you want to be a certain way or a certain person and you're you know you're starting to have your actions align with that. And, you know, maybe you're struggling with alignment between your head and your heart. What, what do you recommend for people that are going through that mental struggle? Well, I think that the idea of fake it till you make it um, is definitely applicable in a lot of different scenarios. But I think the thing to point out there is that um, in order to fake it, you have to have some part of that inside of yourself already. You know, if you're trying to work, you know, into a better job or you're trying to start a podcast and you don't fake that, like you have it all down, you tell people like, Hey, I don't got my shit together. I'm, I'm working through this, but you are acting as if you have a podcast, you have a podcast. This is my podcast. This is the name of my podcast. And then you start doing the podcast. Right. Right. Um, So it's aligning with your belief system. I would also say that if you are having a really hard time with your inner self talk and like imposter syndrome to start looking at where do you need to clear out that inner self talk? Where do you need to clear out those fears, shames, guilts, anger, frustration, because that's blocking you from your inner, inner voice. That's blocking you from your intuition that blocks you from love, love. And is the same. It's like high vibration, like money and abundance. And they're all tools. Mm-hmm. they're all putting us into a space where we can manifest better things in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
because like attracts like quantum. I don't, not a quantum physicist, but I know enough to be dangerous and like attracts like. So if you are acting and you are behaving and you are being in a certain light vibration, happiness, money, wealth, um, then more of that is going to attract you. But if you're always around people that are super negative, they're depressed, they're angry, they are victims, like, you know, they act like victims all the time. Like the world is happening to me instead of for me. They never realize they're creators of their own existence and their Mm -hmm. own, their own circumstances then, and not creation in terms of biblical sense, but like, you know, we all create, you know, if you're around that kind of low mentality, you're going to get more of that low mentality in your life Mm -hmm. until you stop doing that. And that's where my, my own personal development formula for manifestation comes into play, which is it's super simple. Um, I say that, and yet I can give, I'm going to give you the three steps and most people need a lot of coaching to go through this because we just can't do it ourselves. That's like, you know, you, you can read books all day long. You can listen to podcasts all day long, Mm -hmm. but this is where coaching and group therapy or group programs really help to alchemize and process these things is because you need reflection. You need people to point stuff out and show you, Mm -hmm. but the three steps are you drop off the things that don't serve you, get rid of them. You get rid of relationships that don't serve you. You get rid of thoughts and patterns and beliefs that don't serve you. You get rid of lack mentality. You get rid of job circumstances. You get, I, one of my favorite exercises with my clients is to clean out your closet go to your closet and get rid of everything that you are not wearing. Cause I guarantee most of, I had a client that cleaned up 15 trash bags out of her closet. Is that the M M&M and M method? Is that, is that the, the M and M method? The rapper cleaning out my closet. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm from I'm Detroit. That. That's, a, that's a rap M&M joke. Is, yeah. No, I mean, we've even done with some of my female clients, we burn panties. I make them go through their panty drawer and burn them. And then they have to go out and actually get like stuff that makes them feel good. No more granny panties, no more like ugly stuff, like no more sloppy sweats, no more of that t-shirt that you got from your ex-boyfriend in college. Like you get rid of that stuff. So you drop off the things that don't serve you Mm -hmm. and it frees up so much space, so much availability in your energy circle to actually receive the things that you're manifesting. So you're talking like, you're talking like physically go to your closet, clean it out. And, and that just that, that physical exercise as a first step, you know, sort of thing toward cleaning out. Totally. Yeah. It's a very intentional exercise of, I wore this to please someone else. I chose this because it was somebody like somebody yeah. said that I should wear this. This was a this gift piece that I is actually mine. And this is who I am. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Th- this is an ugly sweater that somebody gave me. Right. You know, and I wear it to been, make them happy. This has been sitting in my closet for 20 years because I think I'm going to lose the weight to wear them again. <laughs> that stuff is not in style anymore. Just get rid of it. It's going to make somebody else much happier. But um, yeah, you physically go and intentionally clean out your closet. Interesting. You you touched on um, what uh, I think is so huge is is those things you're dwelling on, you're thinking on, your thought patterns, your thought process, and we all have a reticular activating system, right? To kind of get a little sciency, and so you know it's kind of like when you're buying a car, if you're constantly looking for a certain type of car, or, or you end up buying it, right? What happens? You end up seeing it everywhere on the road. 
Yeah. Well, why? Well, because you were thinking about it. You were focused on it. And your reticular activating system is created to allow you to do that. There's also a really funny video where there's these guys passing a ball back and forth or something, and you're supposed to follow the ball. And so you're sitting there watching the ball. And then at the end of the video, it's like, did you see the dancing panda? And right. you're like, uh, what dancing panda? And then it shows you the video again. And like literally a guy in a panda suit, like is dancing, walking by. And like, you didn't even notice cause you're focused on the ball. Cause it asked you to follow the ball. So, you know, if you just apply that to every other area of your life and how you're focusing your attention, you're, you're going to obviously get what you're focused on because you're going to see more opportunities day to day in, in how it can come into your life. You know, kind of like the boat coming by. It's like, Oh, right. well, there's a boat. Hey, that's my lifeline to get saved. Thank you for answering my prayer. Right. Yes. That's the second step actually. So the first okay. step in the personal development fo- program is drop off what doesn't serve you. Second step is to focus on what does. So focus how do you know on- what does? focus on the things that are working, focus on the things that are making you happy, that are bringing you joy, that are keeping you in alignment for, with your purpose. So keeping you in alignment with your goal. So if you're focused on a particular goal and something comes in and like tries to distract you from it. Sure. And there's can be a lot of subtleties to this, but right. like, you know, maybe it's that your goal is to get to all of your kids ba- baseball games mm-hmm. in the season. Sure. And all of a sudden, all kinds of work stuff keeps coming up and it's making you miserable. Mm -hmm. Now you might need to set some better boundaries Mm -hmm. so that work stuff stays at work and family stuff stays at home. Mm -hmm. So you need to drop off the distractions, the guilt, the shame, the fear that keep pulling you towards this thing Mm -hmm. that's making you miserable. And I use a family example, you know, but maybe it's a job, maybe it's like your, your profession and you are wanting, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I really want to coach. And when I first began coaching, I kept getting a lot of offers to do private contract work or got a lot of people that wanted me to do business coaching instead of relationship coaching. And I was like, that's not, I'm great at it. I did it corporately. Like I can make people millions of dollars. I want to coach the millionaires to help them have better relationships. That's, that's actually my purpose. That's awesome. So when I get these things that distract me, that are not Mm -hmm. my niche market, that like, I feel guilty or bad. And I'm like, Oh, I have, I'm not being of service. It's like, actually by doing that, I am not serving the people that I'm meant to serve. Right. Right. So you have to focus on the things that, that do serve you. So that's number two. That's number two. What's number three. Number three is add in inspiration. Add in things that bring you joy, because if you've already made all of this room Mm -hmm. for other things, then the things that, and you're focusing on the things that already bring you joy, add in other things that continue to bring you joy or will add exponential joy to the thing that you're already doing, Mm -hmm. because you need to add in the good habits. You know, maybe you add in time management or a healthier diet or a different group of people, Mm -hmm. different activities, a different hobby but add in joy to keep yourself in that state. This is one thing that when I get quiet time, I've noticed lots of times my mind reverts to really negative, bad past thought patterns Mm -hmm. and, and I'll kind of spiral. And what I've implemented here, and and I think it's right along the lines of, of what you're talking about is 
when I catch myself doing that, it's like that acknowledgement of, Hey, I'm starting to spiral to like some thought process that I don't want to go down or I'm, you know, I'm feeling an emotion, some past emotion that's like coming back and I'll, I'll put on something that's an inspiration, you know, some <laughs> podcast or some coach or some audio, some video, you know, something that's going to inspire me in a good mental place and in, in a direction toward that goal that I want to go on. Do you agree with that approach? And are there other things you'd recommend? Uh, yes and no. You're going to get a lot of that from me, actually. The, okay. <laughs> the yes and no. <laughs> that's accept- That's an acceptable answer, right? It's, you can't always right. be that straightforward. Um, I think state management is amazing. So I have a coach. I think all coaches need coaches. If you're not working through your own shit, you can't be a clear channel for other people. So I have a coach. My coach talks about state management versus stages. So state management is you go into the negative spiral and you do a state change. You listen to an aspiring podcast, you go dance, you go exercise, you go like laugh or watch a comedy. And that changes your state in the current place that you're in. Sure. Um, Stages is actually respecting and honoring the stage that you're in as well, which is from what it sounds like to me, you're in a place of um, conscious incompetence. So unconscious incompetence is like where you're just messing everything up all the time. You're just making a mess of all of it. And then eventually you move into conscious incompetence, which is, oh, I see I'm messing up. Good for me. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's not that great. It's not like a great stage to be in. (laughs) Well, if you can find some humor in it though, and you can like love your human, like love yourself for it. I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah. So you find, you, you, you love your human, you love the spot, you know, you can say like, Oh, I'm doing that again. Like maybe for me, you know, a couple months ago was like, I dropped off a lot of drama in my life. And then, um, I started finding it in other places. And Joshua actually said, he's like, are you looking for drama? And I was like, ah, yes, I had to get my drama hit. That's right. So I got to like, go do something else. Like I'm not doing, Mm. I was consciously incompetent of it. Sure. Sure. And then you move into conscious competence, which is, Oh, I like, I'm aware of it and I'm consciously making a different decision to do this differently, which is the step right before our flow, which is unconscious competence. So most of us experience that and then can relate to the experience of driving. So when you're driving, you're first like unconsciously incompetent, like everybody's terrified to get in the car with you. Right, right, right. But now after having driven for 20, 30 years or whatever, you don't even think about driving. You probably don't even know how many lights are on the way to your work because right. you're just in flow. Yeah, right. So right now you're kind of like, so when you're doing the stages management where you're going into the negative thoughts, you're in that conscious incompetence place, um, starting to move towards the, the next stage. The place where I would say I disagree a little bit is Mm -hmm. that if you don't heal it, you can't feel it. So rather than always stopping yourself, which I feel like there's so many people out there that do what I would call spiritual bypass. And that happens a lot in the manifestation world where you are just focusing always on the positive. Nothing bad ever happens. Everything's good. I'm great. This is the really fake it till you make it people. This is the really like super inauthentic bullshit. You know, their life is falling apart. Yeah. The is this the fake, like repeat a bunch of positive incantations, even when you, you know, it's right. That you don't even that. believe in. Right. 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 And then you couldn't possibly believe in. Right. And so they spiritually bypass 
they're like, oh, peace, love, and light. And I'm like, and a little bit of go fuck yourself. I think that there's a t-shirt out there that says that. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's that. Like, and when we don't acknowledge and feel those negative thoughts, now I'm not saying like associate, don't associate with the negative thoughts, but feel sure. them. Allow your human to be like, oh, I'm, I'm angry right now. I'm mm-hmm. mad right now. This is why I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and allow yourself to process through that. And then once you're done, be like, all right, I've had enough of that. I know that that's not true. I know that that's not me. Yeah. And I use, I do different somatic techniques in my coaching business to help people move through those things. But mm-hmm. I mean, some of it can just be writing it out. I'm angry. Right. I hate this thing. I'm so, this sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Just like write it out, tear it up and burn it. I like burning yeah. things apparently tear it up and burn it, you know, and then, um, and release it. But if sure. we don't feel it, we can't heal it. I heard, I have a mentor who just the other day was talking about when he gets angry, he, he actually has a mentor talking about coaches, having coaches, you know, the, right. this guy's a total stud and, and he's one of the guys that he mentors him is another total stud who asks him whenever he's angry, what are you afraid of? Exactly. Yes. I, I have and, a friend that does that with his kids. Yeah. He basically is like, if you're angry, you're afraid of something. So dig deeper and figure out what's making you so, so angry about this. And so figure out what you're afraid of and, and stop being angry. <laughs> right. Right. Get to the, get to the bottom of it. You, you mentioned before talking about conscious incompetence. I got to ask, do you think you can get stuck in these stages if you haven't done step one and dropped some of those things that don't serve you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're consciously incompetent of something and you continue, um, you know, I'll tell kind of tender and more recent story of, um, a situation that I went through. Um, I had a, you know, on the outside, my upbringing was very like white picket fence, like Friday night lights kind of thing. And, um, my family system looked, you know, although divorce pretty normal. Um, but on the inside, you know, my dad is an alcoholic. I love him dearly. He's a man with a lot of pain. And so I can understand that, but he's an alcoholic. My grandfather on my mom's side was an alcoholic. Um, my, my uncle is an alcoholic. I believe that there's other family members that are alcoholics, but in the, in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is anytime you're in relationship with alcoholics, you develop codependent and, um, addictive behaviors yourself. So you get addicted to drama, you get addicted to negative thought patterns, you get addicted to rescuing and codependency. And I've worked through these things and I'm working through, it's a lifetime of journey to do this. Um, but I've been working through these things and I recently had to create a very firm and distant boundary with my younger sister. And part of that was because I was stuck in the conscious incompetence, no matter what I was doing, I couldn't make her happy. I couldn't make a right decision. I was contorting myself to try to like, you know, and it was such a simple thing where Mm -hmm. we were all supposed to be going on vacation and the person planning it, like was not effectively communicating with the other people. And so then it was like, he said, she said, and like, I said a comment that my sister took offense to, and then it like spiraled out of control. And, um, and I realized, I was like, this is exactly what we always do. We always contort ourselves because we're so afraid of my sister's response. Mm -hmm. 
and that she's going to leave us, but she's going to leave us anyway, because that's her defense mechanism. She -hmm. doesn't like to get close to people. People are scary. People are dangerous. Mm -hmm. This is my perception. I can't say that that's reality. I'm speaking for myself and my perception. I just want to clarify that. Um, But what I did realize about my experience was, and my responsibility in that was that I was continuing to do the same thing over and over again. I was being consciously incompetent in it. And so I had to move into this conscious place of, I am making the decision to do this for myself. Um, and, and I need to not worry about how she responds because she's going to respond how she responds. And it doesn't matter what, you know, how she responds. I'm just going to take care of myself. When I drop that off, like this huge weight, so much weight, but so much freedom in my business. Like my business started getting easier. Yeah. Everything gets easier. Everything was easier. Cause I was like, Oh, I am not spending my energy in that place where I'm just, it's not worth it. You mentioned in your bio, something that I really related to. And it's right along these lines. You talk about acquiescing a lot mm. and, and I've, I've, I've been using the word accommodating, but I like your acquiescing word better. It, I, I feel like to a certain point and, and you only get what you put up with, you know, you only get what you allow to continue and if you just keep allowing it to continue, you're going to keep getting the same thing. So I tell you at some point, like you just described, put your foot down and say, I am not accepting this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just not going to allow it. You're never going to get a different outcome. And and it can be hard, though, because like you, I know you love your family, right? I love my family. I love like like it, it's hard, especially if it's people that are close to you. And, and family members especially can be in, in that uh, in that circle. Uh, most often some of the closest Mm -hmm. and you know I think we get there though maybe because we don't have a really good and and I'm kind of you know I'm speculating on the other side too I think sometimes there's just there's no real forgiveness going on I don't know what how you feel about the concept of forgiveness Um, but my mentor talks about this a lot just we, we get in these circles where people forgive, but they don't forget. And then, and then you keep like rehashing the same things. And, and, and it's that negative past reliving repeat <laughs> thought process over and over. And you get stuck in these cycles that are, they, they don't go anywhere. And, and, and I just really like the fact that you stood up and, and were willing to do something as difficult as, as set that boundary and not acquiesce anymore, you know, not, not accommodate, bad behavior and, and stand yeah. up and say, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to allow that behavior to continue around me. And it's hard, you know, I love her dearly. Um, and that's the place where, you know, forgiveness, it does work with, um, I set the boundary and I tell myself and I tell others, I, I don't need to tell others, but I tell myself like, um, my heart is open, but it's not available for that kind of dynamic anymore. Right. I love you and I'm here for you. And if you, if you need anything, I'm, but I'm not available for that kind of dynamic anymore. And I don't need it in my life. It doesn't serve me. Doesn't well, serve it speaks, kids. it, it speaks me. to the, the form of your values going right. back to what you said earlier, right? You, you have certain values and, and those types of behaviors are outside of, of your forms of exemplifying what you believe in. So I absolutely love that. This has been super fun, Desiree. I keep talking forever, but I know we're creeping up on time and I want to make sure we get to this. So 
before we go and before I ask you what you're offering today and where people can find you one more time so, so they can remember, if you could leave our audience with one thing, thinking that, you know, 250 years down the road, somebody might see this, what would you leave as your, your parting thought to the world of the future? I would leave that um, everybody, like I want everybody to feel this and believe this. I'm getting kind of emotional, but um, that everyone here, and I know this might be a little contradictory to some Christian values, but everyone here is good, right, and true and divinely here for a purpose. Um, you're, because you talked about sinning in original sin or whatever, but um that you're, that I believe, and I want everyone to believe that you are good, right, and true, that your desires and the things that you want in life are divinely given, mm-hmm. that you are unconditionally loved. And the only reason that you can't feel it is that you're blocking it yourself. It's all on you. It's all your own responsibility. And you can access that anytime, but that the people that you are loved and you don't have to do anything or be any different in order to believe that you're loved. And if you can start there, um, then you'll start to feel it in other places as well. I love it, Desiree. I, I actually agree with you. And, and I personally think that you have had some bad experiences with so-called Christians. And I, I, I say we, that my in-laws are like the first good Christians that I ever met. I was like, this is what they're talking about. Well, organized religion gets a bad name because of people and people right. suck. So, <laughs> you know, they're people, still good, right, true and loved in some way. <laughs> right. People get give everything a bad name and, and can. But, you know, the, the thing is, we are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. We are loved. And the reason that we have a purpose and a higher calling and are so special is because we're children of the king. And, you know, once once we realize that. And, you know, it's about why, why am I so special? It's not because Phil's special, you know, it's not because Phil is anything. It's because I am made and am a, a child of the King and, and the creator. So, you know, I, I agree with you from a Christian perspective as well. And um, thank you for coming on. This has been super fun. Yes, absolutely. What are you doing? What are you up to? People want to find you. Where can I find you? I know you're doing some cool things. All kinds of stuff. So primarily, um, I am coaching, you know, I coach one-on-one with people. So I usually coach with people for three to six months. I say that, um, you know, three months, you start to see the transition six months, you fully are like alchemizing, you have the tools you need. And then people do continue to coach with me after that. But I love coaching one-on-one. I have very few one-on-one clients though, because, um, those are the, the special spots for people that want to make huge transformation in a very quick time. I also have, if you want more of a DIY opportunity, I actually have a course that is um, going to be starting again at the end of July. It's called Becoming the Love That You Want. It actually takes you through 12 weeks of how to um, self-love and become the kind of love that you're wanting to attract in your life, whether it's money, relationship, um, family, you change yourself, you change your focus. And I like to say that, you're not broken, but you are the problem. (laughs) So this course actually teaches you how to, to do that. And then also how to set up standards in your life so that you are actually 
holding that for yourself. And it's no longer someone else's responsibility to make you happy. And you really, really clear. Most of us don't even think about the, um, where we learned relationship and, you know, why we have the values that we do. And most of us don't want the relationship our parents have, but we're just repeating the same pattern. Right. So we go through all of that. And then the other thing that I'm doing is um, if you are in the San Antonio area, or if you want to contract out, because I actually did have a client that is um, going to be hosting in Kansas city. I do these um, one day retreats for women that are self-love, sensuality, and boudoir retreat. And so I currently have one spot open in San Antonio. Um, I have three spots open in Austin. And then Kansas City is on a wait list for August. But um, if you are interested in doing one of these retreats, then um, it is an amazing container for women to feel their power and to feel their own self-love and confidence, to be able to, to get that validation, not from their partners, their world, their boss, their father, their from other men, but actually to, to validate internally as a woman. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Desiree, thank you for coming on. Make sure you go follow Desiree, D-E-S-E-E-R-E-C-R-U-Z, Desiree Cruz on Facebook, at Desiree M. Cruz on Instagram, and DesireeCruz.com is her website. Go check her out. Find what she's doing. Give her a follow. And uh, share this episode out if you got some value out of it. And as always, go lead everything, everybody. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go Lead.